Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy January 10th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU Athletics boy band manager, Jerem Jordan. Well, there's a new one on campus, and uh, if you were at the basketball game Saturday night, you got this group on full display. Uh, led by Houston Hamuli. So uh, some of the new transfers and signees address the crowd. This is them pointing towards the rock. We'll, we'll have Houston Hamuli on the show coming up, and we'll actually play the soundbite of him talking to the crowd. Um, so I tweeted out, what boy band is this? Uh, some good responses. Uh, at uh, Ryan the Ruski, uh, TFL boys. <laughs> Uh, the Hintron, Houston and the Haymoolies. I love that. Jay-Z, Decker, 174, Sons of Provo, which is one of my low-key favorite movies Yeah, uh, from like 05. Sweet Spirit is an unforgettable song. Yeah, you're so nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it at that. If you know, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun to have those guys there. It was great. I would like to add in the Brovos. The Brovos. You cool with that? Although the, I didn't see a flat brim hat, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully we have a few more boy band references in today's show. Also on the lineup, hey, one of those football boy band stars, Houston Haymooley, joins us live. Why BYU for him and why now for the transfer from Stanford? BYU men's basketball beats St. Mary's. Ugly win, but does it even matter if it was ugly? Gale tears are delicious, I hear, regardless. Plus, your Cougars in the NFL MVP bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Hoops beat St. Mary's 52-43, led by 10 points from Tijan Lucas, 9 from Trevenel, and Fusini Treore. A pass picked off, and BYU can play for a final shot. Seven seconds to go till halftime. George into the paint. George runs and hands off to Fus. Bobbles, collects, two. He got it! And the score! At the halftime horn! The Cougs did it again! BYU made one three in this game, but still won. More on that later. By the way, it's St. Mary's lowest point total, 43, since 2005. Ah, amazing. Cougars play a tough schedule this week at Gonzaga and San Francisco. BYU did to St. Mary's what St. Mary's does to so many other teams. Made it ugly. Well, it's two years. Well, it's three wins in a row, by the way. Love it. There's a rhythm here. Let's go. Cougars in the NFL playoffs after the weekend now include Daniel Sorensen and Zane Anderson of the Kansas City Chiefs, the number two seed in the AFC. Kyle Van Noy with the AFC five seed New England Patriots. And Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers sneak in by the skin of their teeth with the win over the Rams. The six seed Niners now head to Dallas in the opening round of the playoffs. Other Cougs in the NFL, Taysom Hill suffers another Liz Frank injury after going seven for nine, 107 and a touchdown and loss for the Saints. Another season ending injury. It was last game of the regular season. Zach Wilson went seven for 20, 87 yards and a touchdown and loss for the Jets. Uh, he had more uh, knockdowns than dropbacks. He was sacked more times than he completed passes. Yes, so so on my stat, basically he got he got knocked down on handoffs. It was that bad. Jamal Williams ran 13 times for 43 yards with one catch for nine yards and a win for the Lions. Michael Davis had five tackles and an OT loss for the Chargers. Ky- that was a crazy game. Kyrus Tong had three tackles for Dub Bears in a loss, and Tyson Williams had one rush for four yards in a loss for the Ravens. 
18th ranked BYU women's basketball dominates Pacific 94-68. 22 points for Shaylee Gonzalez, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. She was flirting with a triple-double. Lauren Gustin had another double-double with the BYU Sports Nation Karma, 12-13. and 13. We asked for 15-15, and 15, Jerem. She got 12-13. and 13. Not good enough. Charlie Cream has the BYU women currently a 5 seed in his latest bracketology. Not bad. Uh, the AP poll on men's just came out. BYU 10 out. Got uh, two votes there. Uh, men's volleyball gets swept again uh, by Penn State, losing by 12 total. Alex Asu had 12 kills, hit 588. That's good. Cougs have a bye this week, then host UC Irvine for two. 19th ranked BYU women's gymnastics finishing third at the best of Utah meet to open up the season. Final score of 195.225. Included the career debuts for six different BYU gymnasts. Nine BYU gymnasts sat out due to COVID protocol. So a solid score and showing all things considered. Abby Beeson and Haley P2 posted superlative scores to lead the Cougars in their season opener. That's crazy. Oh, by the way, Gonzaga men up to two from four. Okay. Duke lost. Courtney Wayment from track and field makes the preseason women's Bowerman watch list for mid-distance and distance events. And Zach McHorter is receiving votes on the men's side in the pole vault. All rise and shout. It is time for a Monday edition of What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. The most beautiful, ugly win for BYU basketball over St. Mary's. Jerem, after BYU's win on Saturday night, and you had a great view. You sat courtside doing stats for the ESPN commentary. How did you feel? I felt tired because it was like 10 p.m. I'm, I'm data too. I gotta go to bed. No, uh, it felt great because BYU beat St. Mary's. I don't. A lot of people said, "Ah, ugly win." Well, you're only talking about offense. You know what wasn't ugly? The defense. It was beautiful. It's been beautiful most it was of amazing. the season. It was amazing. Uh, BYU gave a 39 against South Florida a couple games ago. Now 43 against Santa Maria. I mean, this was amazing. Okay, let's talk about it. So. 43 points allowed, 29% shooting, 4 of 23 from 3. It was great, man. BYU was physical on ball screens, uh, rebounded really well, blocking shots, Atiki Ali Atiki, Fusini Traude. Like, those guys as freshmen to show up in this game in the way they did with those six blocks. Atiki was awesome. Limited minutes, came in, defended Matthias Toss really well. Obviously, offensively, BYU didn't. Have a great output. Didn't need it. Like, BYU needed 44 points to win. Got 52. They gave so, up 16 in the first half. Like, just insane. And only 27 in the second. So, I'm super happy about the way BYU's winning in different ways. They've had to re... Like, they've had to... It was super frustrating as a kid playing uh, NES, the original Nintendo, because if it froze or whatever, you just had to push the reset button. And then you get that cartridge out, you give it just to go... You just blow on that thing. Boom! Get it back in, and you're in. BYU's had to press that reset button multiple times with Richard Harward, Gavin Baxter. Now you're in conference play, and you have a couple of freshmen who throughout is feeling way more comfortable. Tiki Ali Atiki's still getting into he it. He played huge minutes he was against St. Mary's. He was great for what they needed him to do. Alex Barcelo has scored in single digits three of the last four. It has not mattered. Okay, Will it matter uh, Thursday against Gonzaga if he's in single? Yes, but it's a different challenge. How did I feel? I felt satisfaction, Jerem, because it's another win over St. Mary's, and it doesn't matter how beautiful it was or how ugly it was. And I've talked to probably 10 people since the final buzzer sounded about the game specifically. Oh. 
And I say the same thing every time. BYU wins because they defend and rebound. Who cares how you win? I, let's talk about the BYU resume update right now, okay? And you tell me if it bothers you how BYU won. In the net rankings, BYU number 30. Okay, they're down one. Whatever. They're top 30 still in net. Oh, Ken Palm, number 25. Bracket Matrix has BYU at an average seed of 8.46. Team ranking says essentially a 70% chance to make the tournament. And John Rothstein has BYU as his number 35 team. So if I told you that Gavin Baxter and Richard Harward were not playing and BYU's not making three-pointers, would you think that the Cougars only have three losses on the season? and are absolutely pacing for the tournament, and, well, they're not scoring 90, so I don't like it. Who cares? Yeah, BYU, Who is, cares? BYU is making threes outside of Saturday. They had made, like, four or five games in a row 10-plus on the continental U.S., so they've, they've figured the three out. You didn't even need it. You didn't even need it on Saturday, which, uh, which by the way, brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In the last eight years, BYU's won two games making one or fewer threes. <laughs> both versus St. Mary's. Who cares? It was last year in Moraga. BYU mid You win. Who cares? Now, will this work against Gonzaga? No. But that's not, we're not worried about that. Because honestly, I'm not worried about Gonzaga. I'm worried about San Francisco. Like, Didn't BYU whatever. make only three threes when they won at Gonzaga the year Nick Emery hit that Absolutely gut punch of a three. He made the think, third yeah, three. Yeah, I think it was three for 17. So maybe it doesn't matter if you don't make if you defend and you rebound. Just don't be the don't be the person that says, ah, to beat a great team you have to play perfect. No. You're an idiot if you think that, okay? Like when BYU beat Miami in football, how many turnovers did BYU have again? It was like four or five. Maybe five. It was a Ty big Detmer, I think, threw three interceptions. It was a big number. You don't have to play perfect. You just have to be better than them on that night. Yeah. So Jeremy, all, I all felt good. satisfaction. It's a win over St. Mary's. I will always take that. Topic two. Which Cougar in the NFL won the regular season? There are a lot of Cougars in the NFL now. T- you know, typically you'd want to say, okay, somebody that's going into the postseason, and there's a case for all of those guys. Because Zane Anderson made the jump to the active roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Daniel Sorensen had a nice uh, story arc of really dipping down low and then returning and, and playing well late in the season. I'm going to go with the guy that did not make the playoffs, though, and it's Taysom Hill. Jerem, he's a proven winner. At this point, can we say that Taysom, as weird as it might be and as unconventional as it might be with the other NFL quarterbacks, the dude won games. Yeah. And I feel like he's proved that he can be a winner when he is needed to play quarterback. He's 7-2 and two as a starter. So that's great. That's amazing, right? That's and I know, fantastic. like, Saints defense, they bailed him out against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, whatever. Like, he won some the, other games for New Orleans the, as well. The BYU men's basketball defense bailed out the offense. Absolutely. Uh, on Saturday. That logic. Like, it, who cares? You work together. You work together. Taysom Hill, 7-2 and two as a starter. I feel like now more than ever, he has more street credit as a quarterback. Like, it's going to be weird, might be unconventional, but that dude can win you games as a quarterback. It's like a pinch of Jimmer in the Taysom conversation, a.k.a. we all want him to be a certain thing, and he's never going to be that thing, and that's okay. He's still a winner in the NFL. Just be you and do your thing, right? Um, Taysom Hill uh, has emerged as a a starting quarterback in the NFL, which has been fun. He did overcoming a a rash of injuries, too, this year. Concussions and dislocated fingers. uh, Foot injury, and then Liz Frank happens. Foot injury. Liz Frank, not uh, not a big fan of hers. Uh, that's just me though. Um, I there there wasn't like Fred had a really nice year, but yeah. it wasn't like 
the last couple years. So maybe it's Fred because he got his, he's the middle linebacker on a playoff team. That's pretty good. But let me submit um, this idea to you. As, as crappily as the Jets are and played the last couple games and yesterday, and we'll explore this more coming up later in the show. Zach, the way Zach Wilson played in about four or five of the final seven games really turned a corner, and it's very exciting. The only problem is he plays for the Jets. But, th- but what Zach started to do and what they started to figure out was pretty exciting. He didn't, he didn't win the regular season. He wasn't the MVP per se, per se but it was fun to kind of see him evolve and turn a corner. And also, just shout out to, like, you mentioned it, Zane, Dax Mill, and Tyson Williams yes. for making the 50 yes. rosters. Before the season, we didn't know if they'd be, uh, you know, working down at the local uh, bank or if they'd be uh, playing football. And all those guys made the 53. I was talking to my Freddie wife Christensen last night. Freddie started the last four games, yeah. by the way, at left yes. tackle. That's pretty cool, I was too. talking to my wife last night just about how many BYU guys are in the league. I'm like, and telling her, it's so fun to follow the NFL because – there are a bunch of guys in the league now from BYU it, that we cover here on this show. It took a little too long to get to this point, but here we are. I'm glad we're here, right? Because we've stared at a couple other schools nearby and been like, oh, that's cool. Two starting quarterbacks. But here we are. Yes, more skill position players, right, which is pretty exciting. Jamal Williams had a nice year, by the way, nine touchdowns. Tyler Algier's going to make it another skill position terrible player. Lions team that did win a couple of good yeah, games down the stretch, yeah. including yesterday. Yesterday was crazy. I loved Week uh, 18 in the NFL. That was fun, man. Really fun. Like, the Colts blow it to the Jags. The crazy finish with Chargers Raiders. <laughs> like, insane. Just finish with a tie and leave the so Steelers fun. out. Like, yeah, we'll talk about it later, but they could have totally tied. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about <laughs> Zach Wilson, too, because uh, not only do you have some strong opinions, I've got some, too. And uh, to your point, I thought he had a really, really nice finish to the season overall. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball who beat up on the St. Mary's Gales once again. Huge defensive effort. Our question of the day, more of a fill-in-the-blank. After BYU's win over St. Mary's, I feel you tell us. And let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Arizona MCC on Twitter says, I feel sorry for Randy Bennett. He looked angry and needs a hug. That's his default face, okay? That's really mean to say. That's not very nice. By the way, I need to apologize for something I said. I was asked to apologize about this. That I, I said he'd be there with his oversized suit. Well, he didn't have a suit, so it was an oversized polo. Oh, okay. So I want to apologize still for oversized? thinking it was going to be a suit. Uh, I just want to make that public. I, I'm sorry about that. Is XL polo? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Linda on Instagram. I feel concerned about the shooting problems. Mm. Glad BYU beat St. Mary's with defense, but... BYU will need defense and offense to beat Gonzaga. Need to shoot better on the foul line also. Yeah, no, for sure. You've got to play, you know, a, a quality game. You don't have to play a perfect game to beat Gonzaga, but you have to play a really nice game. In fact, BYU played a great game in Vegas and still lost. Like, Gonzaga's really good. I'm not worried about them per se. That's okay. That would be an amazing win. San Francisco's the one you got to worry about a little bit. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, how many preseason polls will feature BYU football tomorrow? And Houston Haymooley yeah. joins us in studio. Look at that stash. Dude, that's legit. The Haymooleys are back, baby. This is BYU Sports Nation. Get your heart out, Locke. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Join us tomorrow for a very well-produced BYU basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Gregor Bell review the win over St. Mary's and look ahead to Gonzaga and San Francisco. Massive week tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live on a Monday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. I am told to welcome in our first guest of the day by introducing him as the better-looking of the two Haymooley brothers currently at the BYU Broadcasting Building. Mustache His name is over Houston Haymooley, yeah. Stanford transfer, newest member of the BYU football team. Houston, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. What's up, man? How long did that take you to grow that? So one? this mustache probably took me a solid uh, day or two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, if I want to stay with code, I got to keep shaving it just so it comes back. Uh, did, did Locke have one at BYU? I'm trying to remember. He did. He, he did? He did. I just don't think it was as impressive as mine. No. I mean, personally, I think mine's the best one. <laughs> no, his rushing was impressive. His rushing was very impressive. And yes. his calves. But And his calves. Exactly. And his calves. But I have the mustache right now. So. Yes. I'll take that. That's we were awesome. discussing boy bands earlier, and the picture that was taken of you leading your troops out onto the floor when <laughs> you were introduced to the basketball the game. hands out, pointing to the rock. Group of the new Great. football players. Uh, how do you feel about being the leader of a boy band, especially with that mustache? So, you know, all my whole life was to uh, become that leader of the boy band. <laughs> and so I got my dreams were realized, you know, when I got the mic. I um, almost started singing, too. Yeah. But... <laughs> No, it's uh, <laughs> it was sweet a... spirit. <laughs> you're so nice. <laughs> Someone said, so my brother said, Sons of Provo is the tweet, and man, I, I love that movie as I've told. It's told so you good, before. so good. So I didn't mind it. I, I didn't mind that name, Sons of Provo, good. the Brovos. The Brovos. Brovos. Kalani's nephews. I heard that one too. That one, had been, that one was a great one. So whoever did Hashtag, that, shout out to you. I am Jack Demuni. Yeah. <laughs> my, my first semester at BYU, I go to lunch in the Cougar Eight. And the Sons of Provo, like those guys, are like performing. Oh, but no one had heard of the movie, so the, the whole Wilkinson Center in the atrium is like packed, and they're singing, and like no one gets it. No one's like laughing. No one's. No one gets it. It's like it's it like... was so awkward. And then, but I had seen the movie, and I was like, "Oh, these guys are amazing." It was so weird and funny. Okay, how did you get the mic there? How how was it like? Yeah, Houston, will you talk? Uh, yeah, you're, so you're a super senior. Let's well, go. it was more like we were all kind of sitting there and like, all right, who's going to speak? And I had my time of, of speaking. And so I kind of was just like, all right, I'll let some of these young guys if they want to handle it. Um, but they kind of all just looked backwards and <laughs> I was at the back. So I looked, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Like <laughs> Brooks, Ice? No? Okay. No, no I, okay. I, I said, got I got you. you. Take the mic and just uh, did my best rock impression and yes, uh, and just yes, rolled. Yes, yes. <laughs> people's eyebrows. In, in fact, yes. for those who missed it, Here's what it sounded like. I hope that you're as excited as we are to play in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming this fall. Again, we love and we're excited to play for Cougar Nation and for the best student section in America. That was Houston, good, dude. You know how to work a crowd, man. Man to the crowd. It was great, dude. It's a little more embarrassing when you see it like that, but <laughs> I thought it was cool for a second. <laughs> no, it was great. Uh, and I thought the reception from the fans was great. Yeah. Of course, this place loves all of its sports. Football mm-hmm. is special, right? Yeah. Um, what what was it like to sort of command the crowd there for a second? And and for you and your family to to you have the mic for a moment. You're like literally commanding Cougar Nation for a sec to go from from lock A to now connected tissue with you and Uncle Hema and that's pretty cool, man. Oh, it's a like it's a very surreal experience for me, you know, just being back home. Um kind of back where, you know, it all it all started for our family where, you know, where my love of football began. 
You know, I, I can't say I didn't begin football without watching my dad's highlights, watching my Uncle Hemma's highlights, watching BRU football. Um, I can't say I didn't grow up loving football because of that. I kind of feel like this was destined to be Houston because you've got ties to Steve Cleveland, the former BYU basketball head coach. He was your mission president. I didn't realize that until this morning. Okay. How was he as a mission president, by the way? He commanded a mission like he commanded a court. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was a very efficient mission, uh, and it was very hardworking. It was fun. I loved the mission under Steve Cleveland. Okay. So you've got those ties. Then there's a picture of you in a male cheerleader uniform that we have rounded up. Is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. Or that that look this looks like a male cheerleader uniform and you're you're standing next to a young lady wearing a Steve Young jersey. Where where did this picture come from? So this was a Halloween dance when I was in high school <laughs> and yeah, no I totally forgot about this picture for a while. <laughs> um, I think the short shorts look good. I think I could bring that you back. You look good. How many but, how many pounds ago was this? Oh, that was probably a solid forty pounds ago. I mean, Woo! <laughs> fullback. This is when you were a tailback. This was tailback Houston back in high school. Now you're so. fullback. Houston. Now I'm fullback Houston. Yeah, a little more, a little more rugged now. <laughs> <laughs> As you look at next year's BYU football schedule, and your older brother Hema, who is a producer here, and I have talked about this, and I've talked about it with Jaron. We've been huge uh, Houston Hamuli fans. Yes, from the moment Hema came <laughs> yes. here. Yes, and you came during the summer and just like hung out with him, and I was like, Houston's super cool. That'd no be cool question. If he was here one day. In fact, throw it back to. My initial KSL days with, with him, I he'd be wearing Stanford gear, and I see the Stanford helmet. I'm like, what's the deal with that? He's like, oh, my older brother Houston's the fullback there. Well, now you're at BYU, and they close out the regular season at Stanford. Yes. I know you're aware of this. How do you handle the emotions of that build up to the regular season finale against your former teammates? Yeah, and that's a, that's a whole different, you know, I'm going back to Palo Alto, and I'm going back to where, you know, I finished my career undergrad and stuff. And, you know, for me right now, it's just focusing on what I can do best here. You know, it's this is where I'm at. This is my school. Um, so this is who I need to focus on. And uh, for Stanford, I'm going to have to just be able to, you know, muster whatever emotions I need uh, to beat them, you know. And it'll be a epic way to finish the regular season, right? Tell us about the dynamic of uh, Stanford when you signed and went there and sort of BYU. And now where BYU is at. Because the hope is that kids like you want to come to BYU the first time around, right? Because mm-hmm. th- there's, there's, you know, Tanner McKee and Gabe Reed and – Britton Covey to Utah, da da da. Not everyone has to come to BYU. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Um, there are a lot of great places, but certainly from the BYU perspective, it's like, shoot, can we get Houston Hamuli as a freshman? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think there's uh, you know, where BYU is at in terms of going to the Big 12 and playing much better the last couple of years? Mm-hmm. Is BYU in a better spot now, in your opinion, to to perhaps get some that go elsewhere? Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is um, Kalani's influence on the Polynesian community, mm. and every year he's kind of he's been building it up more and more. You know, he's he's already a, good, a great figure, but with the success BYU's been having, um, his outreach to, he does a lot of outreach to many communities, especially service here in Provo area. Um, seeing that as a Polynesian player, and especially if you're young now and you're considering where do you want to go, you want to be with someone who you know you can be comfortable with. Mm. And knowing that Kalani's looking out for those players here, especially that this how this program handles a lot of Polynesian players, um, this will become more appealing. And then Big 12 obviously will become a huge factor in recruitment. And not to mention, BYU's academics are, are good. They're great academics. Um, and so all these factors, I think, are going to help BYU roll, especially through recruiting. Now, it means something coming from you, who have an undergrad degree from Stanford, of all places. That's pretty nice. <laughs> and like I said, BYU is one of the few places I wanted to go to because they have a great academic program. Um, and one of the few that I've chosen, this is a great place. And is this true that uh, you chose to walk on here? Yep, so I'm a walk-on You here. really wanted to be here if you're a walk Yeah, I wanted to play. Wow. You know, I, I didn't want to play anywhere outside of Utah. And BYU is the place I want to play the most. 
So Here's to name, awesome. image, and likeness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you tweeted the other day, too. You were like, hey, any, uh, what was it, medical research? Yeah, so any medical. something? I did. You know, again, BYU community is amazing. Like, as soon as I came out, all of a sudden it was boom, 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 boom. Here, in fact, I'm meeting someone today at, like, 3 o'clock. Outstanding. Awesome. They're just, That's great. BYU community just rallies around his people, and I love that. It's, it was amazing. BYU senior graduate transfer fullback Houston Hamuli is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Every football fan wants to know how you view yourself fitting into BYU's offense next year, which brings back a lot on the offensive line and a starting quarterback in Jaron Hall. Where do you see yourself fitting in? Yeah, and for me personally, um, coming my background as a fullback, obviously we'd be blasting some holes. <laughs> my goal is to blast some holes for the running backs, blast some holes for wherever Coach Roderick wants to put me. Um, I know that he's – um, his his offensive mind is amazing, you know the the ways he he utilizes so many different players is so cool, and I love that. Um, and so my role is really is just okay. I'm bringing to the table being a great blocking back, experience in the Pac-12. Whatever Coach Rod wants to take me, he'll take me, and I put full trust in him. I'm just going to bring an attitude and a physical presence to this team. I love that because you you know BYU used Mason Wake as a fullback slash tight end, right? Um, you're, you're like, uh, you're like a OG, you know, dinosaur fullback type, which is <laughs> super exciting because not every defense knows how to defend against it now because they don't have one themselves, yeah. which is super interesting. I also want to talk about the influence of the Pac-12 on BYU now. Mm-hmm. Just running through my mind, I'm like, Puka Washington, Kingsley, Oregon, U Stanford, Christopher Brooks, Cal, among others, Samson last year. There's something about that, like that experience to almost aid BYU in its transition into the Big 12 of like, what does Power 5 football look like? BYU feels like it's been Power 5-ish, Yeah. but the last couple of years, BYU's actually played at a level that can compete oh, in the definitely. Big 12 soon. Yeah, um, they definitely played at a higher level than I think people give BYU credit for. Um, and being a player from the pa- uh, Power 5 team, you know, all of us that transfer in realize, you know, this is a team that competes. This is a good team. Um, and they're going to be moving into Big 12, and they already experienced all this, you know, these levels of, of competition. So this is a good fit for us. You know, there's a place that we can bring at least some experience, um, especially in Power 5 football. Um, but again, no discredit BYU because they've been playing like that. They've been playing Power 5 football for years. I think people just don't give them enough credit. No. I want to see another Heymouli in the end zone. So I'm going to put in oh. that plug right now. That <laughs> will happen. Okay. Like. They'll hand it to Personally you. Personally, felt like one. you were underutilized as an actual weapon at Stanford. Okay, <laughs> we can appreciate say that you. from I our perch you. here. All right, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> let's get a Hamuli in the end zone. In fact, let's get a Hamuli back on a poster for BYU football because your dad was on one of the most iconic BYU football <laughs> posters as the Turbo Tongan. Exactly. Like last week we were discussing, hey, should we remake this poster? Are we are we going to redo this, Houston? Your brother is outstanding with photography. We just we need just, a truck, we should right? find a big monster truck. Can yeah, we, can we, we just, do this? We just need the monster truck. You know, I got the lava. I have it on right now, actually. So <laughs> under the desk, y'all don't see it, but it's under the desk. Um, yeah, we just need the truck. So if anyone's got a nice <laughs> 1980s, like there's a Chevy. There Chevy. was just a monster tr- truck rally in Salt Lake. We just need to time it up. Oh, yeah. We should we need, need to, to I just need to sneak out there right before they start and then just snap the photo. And have the football. <laughs> yeah. You got the white crew socks, the white <laughs> tennis shoes. That's great. Uh, we talked to Christopher Brooks last week. Uh, we're like, hey, Cal Stanford, do you know Houston? He's like, no, not really. Uh, so, <laughs> so what's that relationship like forming now of like Cal Stanford guys at another school? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, again, we just kind of talked about it just, you know, when we got together at first, we're like, okay, like, cool, man. I remember you from this, maybe from that. Um, but now that we're both in the same place, it's kind of cool because we've kind of in a weird, funny little buried the hatchet, buried the axe, you could say, yeah. from Cal and Stanford. And um, 
come to a place where we both are like, okay, this is our school now. Like this is this is where we belong, you know. But having those backgrounds and having those rivalries definitely built some kind of relationship between me and him. You, for obvious reasons, had distinct ties to BYU. You knew about the culture, the community, the Polynesian ties. But for a guy like Chris Brooks who comes in and you're talking with him at the basketball game on Saturday night, what were, were his first impressions of the BYU community? Oh, he was massively impressed. You know, he came to the game and he was looking around. And even I was looking around. I, I told you I didn't attend a BYU basketball game growing up. And we were just so amazed at the how big, you know, the student section is, how big the community is here. Um, and Chris loves it. He loves Provo. In fact, every time we're driving, you see him pull his phone up and start taking pictures of the mountains um, every time, every time. Now I'm like, hey, man, like, we're going to be seeing the mountains a lot more. <laughs> you know, he, he's like, nah, it's so cool. He loves it. He appreciates cool. it. And so he loves Provo. He loves this environment. And uh, and I love it here. So I, I, we're both excited for for this upcoming year. Houston might have a future in this. Have you noticed that he's been addressing the camera? Yes. When it's yes. Hit, like like Richard G. Scott over here? Look. <laughs> look. You know what I mean? Like, hey, movies, he knows. They know the broadcast industry. They get it, right? They get it. They know the broadcast industry. Yeah. Do you, do you like having the mic? Do you like you, you feel uh, seem very comfortable in these? Um. Things? I mean, so the thing is, uh, the big phrase is "fake it till you make it." So fake it till I made it. <laughs> and when I had the mic, I was nervous as heck. And like I said, I, I I decided, you know what? Who is a good announcer that pumps people up? I said The Rock. So I would emulate The Rock when I had the mic during that night and. Hopefully people got it. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to sing a family-friendly version of his song there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> right. It is about drive. And it is about power. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, before you go, and uh, the Hema that we work with, not to be confused with your uncle Hema, who played football here, yep. um, but your older brother Hema, outstanding producer. Uh, we're so lucky to have him. We're going to need you to give us some dirt on him. Okay? Okay. Well, yeah, you can you tell us something we don't know that would be interesting? Oh, shoot. You don't know. He's an open book. He is a pretty open book. Like, I know a lot about him. He's an incredible musician. He's got great vocals. Mm. We've uh, been on long road trips. We're the COVID bros. Pretty sure we got COVID at the same time. (laughs) Best arms in the department. He definitely has probably the best arms. Second to me. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you guys knew that Hemo was a big skateboarder when he was in high school. Um, dude was, he was like, when you think of like your typical like punk emo days, I think big Polynesian. Yeah. But imagine the big Polynesian on a small skateboard <laughs> and then him snapping it half the time he's riding. So yeah, if you ever, if I can find some more fun, I'll find some dirt for y'all for yeah. y'all, but okay. big skateboarder and a big emo punk guy back in the day. Hey, so. I'm sure he nice. helped us uh, find the picture of you in the whatever i think it's a male cheerleader uniform is that what it is i think it is and you know i'm proud of it being the i know i was a uh, big into cheerleading back in the day <laughs> it looks great <laughs> <laughs> it looks great houston great to have you with us man appreciate you guys having me i was happy we, to be here do we have a marker I, we been, yeah we, I, uh, we got a pen there's, there's what, a king's shirt okay, right well, there can you sign it's been a sec i don't feel like we've done this no in no ages. it's been a long long time what did a, uh, an epic pandemic happen a pandemic uh, do you mind signing our flag? Oh, Wherever course. you want. I, it's been a million years. Yes. We used to do this. I'm so happy. On the regular. It's like it's 2019 again. Okay. Yes. He, he found awesome. an open area on He's the Sailor the first flag. Stanford transfer fullback to ever sign the flag. It's a very specific yes. niche. There you go. There Thanks, you go. It's in the corner. So in case you want to look. Not to be confused. Yeah. 
with Keanu Nielsen, who was also a Stanford transfer, but he was a but receiver. But not a fullback. He was a receiver. He was a receiver. There you go. That's why I broke that down and <laughs> I totally remembered that. Okay, coming up, we'll break down Zach Wilson's rookie season in the NFL. And what is the ceiling for BYU women's basketball? Right now they're a five seed, number 18 in the country. How much higher can they fly? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. You have no idea how high I can fly. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, to talk to former Cougar baseball player Adam Law about his family legacy in the game, life in the minors, and his new job for the Dodgers with mental strength. Let's do it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. Can we get some Dodger swag from Adam Law? Hey, we got some swag in the form of a signature from Houston Haymooley, the first to sign the flag in Studio B in what feels like at least a couple of years. We've had some in-studio guests the last weeks, months. I think we've just forgotten. Or they had already signed many it, Many of them have already but signed it. I don't feel like we were like, hey, should we have them sign the flag? we just like, it, it's just new again where it's like, oh, yeah, we have the flag. and people. So it's good we, to have Houston in We've here. reinstituted that in yeah. the moment. A restoration of sorts, yes. if you will. In the dispensation of the fullness of time, Spence. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He is Jerem. Unlike any other, I am Spencer, My and this is BYU scripture. Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, you can follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Shall we whip it? We shall. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. BYU does not make it uh, in the first way-too-early top 25 from Brett McMurphy. How many will the Cougars be in tomorrow when the majority of them will be released? I don't know how many there are, but I'm going to guess like 40%. And for the record, I think BYU should be in the top 25 going into next season. As you have pointed out, you win 10 games with that schedule and you bring back your quarterback and an even better version of your offensive line, you should be in in the top 25. I'm guessing 40% of them, so if there are 10, then they'll be in four. The UAB loss did more damage to the preseason poll hopes than we anticipated. Yeah. So yes. that's that's a bummer. I hope they're in the one that matters, the AP Top 25, because then you can gain momentum and go up and up and up. I hope BYU's in the postseason AP Top 25. They should be. I hope that the UAB lost. They're not. Drop. If it drops that them would be 12 spots, terrible. I'm they won't be drop. Very 12. very upset. I don't see them dropping 12. I think BYU will be in it. But it's unfortunate that it's not a top like 15 situation. Uh, it's going to be like 24 12? or something. Yeah. All right. Pro Football Focus has Tyler Algier as the 91st best college football player in 2021. Of all classes, it's not just seniors, is that a fair ranking for Tyler Algier? I was hoping he'd be kind of in the top 50 or 60. Um, Well, why not in the top 20? Because there are are a gajillion excellent left tackles and linebackers and safeties and receivers and quarterbacks. So I, I think top 50 would have been better for him, somewhere in that 50 to 60 range. He's a top 20 skill position player, but that's not a thing. We're talking overall right. players, right? Yeah, and that's where it kind of gets lost is and there's the, so many good linemen. And 20 to us probably feels good, but, like, you're all quarterbacks, all receivers, all all running backs, like, it, top 20 might be a stretch, right? Yeah. He's a good – he's a really good to great player, right? He had a great season. For some reason, it's not being, uh, you know, appreciated at the level sure. I think – we were hoping. It makes sense to me. I don't know that I like 91, but it makes sense. Like, if Tyler is grading out as, like, an early fourth round or late well, third rounder. On. Austin Lee was, like, 91 a couple years ago. 
Tyler should be way higher than that for Austin Lee was the 91st best college football player? In this same list after the season, Austin Lee was in this space. I loved Austin's game. He had a great year, but not like Tyler Jarrett had, right? Granted, Tyler's about three years younger, and they don't account for that. <laughs> broke a single season like, rushing record at BYU. Yeah, he should be up. He's just in the limelight a lot more than Austin Lee was. But hey, yeah, it should be higher, a little higher. National championship game tonight, Bama, Georgia. Who you got? Typically, I never, ever pick against Nick Saban, but for whatever reason. My gut tells me that Georgia is going to figure some things out tonight, and Georgia is finally going to win that national championship and continue the year of breaking the curse for sports teams in Georgia. The Braves won the World Series, and now Georgia's finally going to win another national championship. If Alabama wins, I think they should be in the NFC South. That's what I think. <laughs> you picking Bama? Where they would lose almost every game. Seriously. <laughs> I guess Bama. I don't know. I'm just wanted to go no, down to the wire. No one's going to fault you for picking Bama and Saban, right? No one's going to fault me either way because they don't care. BYU women's <laughs> basketball. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Continues to roll, moving to 12-1 on the season after a 26-point win over Pacific. Charlie Cream, ESPN women's college basketball bracketologist, has BYU as a five seed and an automatic qualifying team. Jerem, is a four seed or even better possible? If BYU only loses one you know, game all season, like BYU's, you know, 12 and 1, Oklahoma, overtime. That's a respectable loss. That one's totally fine. On the road. Quad one loss, you're fine. BYU could be as high as three, maybe two. Like, BYU's not going to be a one. But what if BYU just keeps going and they're ranked eighth if they and they're ran the table? Top 10 yeah. or if- 15? Like, why couldn't they be a two or three? The ceiling is running the table and being a two seed. Like, that's the they ceiling. They can get that high. I, I, I'm guessing BYU is going to be like a four sure. going into the It'll be a game that they don't shoot well, it gets on. weird on the road, maybe at sure. Gonzaga. Oh, two whole losses. Whatever, like, whatever. They run the table, they're a two seed. If they lose a game or a two, then they're probably a three or a four seed. Yeah, I would take a five as well. Five would be like amazing. Like right now, I'd take that. I would take that. Although I think they can do better. BYU TV broadcast the uh, first gymnastics meet uh, of the year over the weekend. Spencer, was the gym turnet pleased? Yeah, shout because out to the gym Because that's who we cater to here. Holy cow. Yes, overall, they were very pleased. In fact, nice. my cohort, Mikkel Merkley, is being courted by all Gymtonet fans to take over for SEC coverage, Big Ten Plus coverage, mm. some big-time gymnastics teams. They collectively love her commentary and nice. her insight, and so they're all saying, hey, come do more, Mikkel. Come over here and help these people out. Hey, when BYU's not competing, go for it. We need you here. That'd be a conflict of interest. Yeah. Like, it's such a niche community. They're starved for gymnastics. Yeah, they were pleased. Got to watch the Red Rocks, who got a couple of Olympic gymnasts on their team. Good for them. It was awesome. All right. Good for them. Yeah. Coming up, more Utah positive. No. Many. How many rise and shouts can we fit in? We have a lot. And how do you view Zach Wilson's rookie season? Ooh. Plus an early look at where BYU football could finish in the AP football poll as we continue that conversation. This is BYU Sports Nation. Why don't we have the card that you're behind him? Where's that one? I don't know. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Rewatch your favorite moments from the BYU win over St. Mary's on demand via the free BYU TV app or website. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. We just saw a tweet from our good friend at Brett underscore McMurphy releasing his edition 
of the final AP Top 25 poll. We said, look, BYU number 13, there's no way they're going to drop 12 spots. Well, Brett, he's rewarded the whole season for BYU as the de facto Pac-12 South champions, Jerem. <laughs> as you should. And has BYU at number 16 to finish. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm hoping BYU finishes in that space. I think that's probably on the high end. I'm guessing that BYU is like 19th to 21st Okay, from most people. The only thing that BYU fans probably won't like about Brett McMurphy's final top 25 is that Utah's number 13. <laughs> they went to the Rose Bowl and lost close I know. I know. Yeah. You have to convince me. I know. I'm just that saying. A, that was a great game. They will not like to see that. Was, that. that was the most ideal situation ever. For who? Probably both. <laughs> Obviously, Utah wanted to win, but like, if you didn't, hey, you competed well and it was a good game. Yeah. No, I, I look forward to the day BYU can be in a, a game of that stature. That'd be great. Speaking of uh, Utah and BYU, the guy that Utah did not recruit and BYU did recruit, and we're grateful for it because he was a second overall pick in the NFL draft last April, Zach Wilson Who? just finished his rookie season in the NFL with the New York Jets. Four wins, 13 losses that included some high highs. And some unforgettable highlights, long touchdown run. There was the long touchdown throw rolling out to the right where he pointed to Corey Davis and just said, essentially, go deep. Mm-hmm. They beat the Titans, who are the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. And that was a game, that was the only game winning comeback drive by Zach. But he had one. Like, like that was, a, I'm not saying, yeah, he only had one, I, I, I guess. What I mean is, he had one, and it was that one. Yeah. Like, it wasn't playing some crappy team, it was the Titans. Like, Amazing. In week four. So that yes. was that was awesome. Yes. Man. So let's look at Zach Wilson's rookie season yep. as a whole. And I can't tell you how many times you and I have discussed on this set, look, Zach doesn't need to be, like, incredible. He just needs to have moments of brilliance and a few of those Steve wow said. experiences. Yep. And he produced that three mm-hmm. rookie of the week belts that they actually give out for winning uh, the best rookie performance of any individual week. That's pretty good, Jerem. How would you rate Zach Wilson's overall rookie season in his NFL debut season? Hopeful is how I would describe it because Zach had his issues uh, even yesterday, but yesterday was like just he was getting pressured every time, right? Zach held on to the ball for a little while early on, uh, but the final seven starts, five touchdown passes, four rushing, second most, by the way, among all rookie quarterbacks. And here's the one that, that really shows me Zach was figuring it out. He w- had an 80-plus quarterback rating in four of the last seven. Okay, He was starting to figure it out. Now, the Jets certainly need to help him with some better offensive weapons, obviously sure. a better offensive yes. line. But there were moments where it was like, hey, he's starting to figure it out, which is super exciting. It doesn't help when he's sacked 44 times, third most in the NFL. Eight times yesterday. Which Eight times is crazy, which, by the way, being sacked a lot doesn't mean you're not going to be a good team. Joe Burrow's one, Ryan Tannehill's two, a one and a three seed. Uh, sacked on 10% of dropbacks, second most to Justin Fields. Too many. Um, needs to get the ball out, slash the O-line's got to be better. Um, three and 10 record, 6.4 yards per carry. He rushed effectively as well. Um, he, got the, he got the one uh, you know injury that he missed four games with. Um, but... Overall, um, football reference says 22% of his throws were bad, but he was pressured on 29% of snaps. One out of everything. Like, they need to help him be able to have a sack to get the ball out. 157 straight passes, by the way, with no interceptions. Fantastic. Under that pressure. After being really bad at the start. Which, listen, if you're a rookie, 
And with the Jets, those numbers are to be expected. I don't care what your name is. Like, you know, he had a better year than Trevor Lawrence did. You know what I mean? Like, and the Jags are terrible too. Uh, unless it's yesterday against Cole. <laughs> they were awesome. But um, I would, yeah, hopeful because he didn't, I wouldn't say he had like, I, I, you could say, relatively speaking, good year, right? The, the number, some of those numbers are bad. Nine passing touchdowns, eh, in 13 starts, you got to be better than nine touchdown passes. But you're with the Jets. The Jets suck. So I kind I understand some of this. I'm excited about where he can go in the future. I really hope they can get him what he needs. And then, then it, we can judge it differently. Right now, it's like you're on the Jets and you're a rookie. There are two sort of curves we're grading there. Well, think about this. He had two from the beginning of the season to now. He had two of the New York Jets' best offensive linemen out for the majority of the season, including Mackay Becton. Who they lost early So he's, at left tackle. he's playing with an already questionable offensive line that became even more questionable when oh, you lose your terrible. best offensive lineman. He's also, at the end of the season, throwing to receivers – Three, four, and five. He wasn't even throwing to his top two receivers. Yep. And he was playing with three, number three and four on the depth chart in the running back's room. I, I, he had very little to work with, but I thought he did a nice job. I thought all of those guys that were well down the depth chart kind of stepped it up. And Zach figured some things out. And so I'm hopeful that next year, and it's not going to be a huge jump, I feel like the Jets are, and they play 17 games, the Jets are a six to eight win team next season. That's growth. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's the hope because, again, I'm afraid for Zach in the long term because I don't believe in the Jets, that they'll be good at any point that matters. But when they were good with Mark Sanchez, who Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling than Mark Sanchez. Hopefully Zach Wilson doesn't run into the back of anybody and create a highlight. <laughs> yeah. The butt fumble. The butt fumble, <laughs> which is the greatest name in the history of whatever. Is that – Yes, he's got can – he, can he be the elevator once they actually give him a chance? And I don't want to just make excuses for him. Again, Zach's going Zach's gonna to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know if it's with the Jets. I hope it is. Six to eight win team next year in New York. All I, right. That's fair. Yep. Coming up, the new BYU power couple. Ooh. It's official. And our goal, I think, is to be like 50% in our double-down picks overall. Big for yourself. This is BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Then subscribe, rate it, and review it. Do it! Let's also figure out the results of our double down picks and present them. BYU hosting St. Mary's. We give two predictions about each game. Each one is worth one point. If you get both right, you get a bonus point for a total of three. Jaron, yes. lead us off. The game will be decided by five or fewer. It was not. It was nine. Number two, neither team will have a 20-point score. I got that one because <laughs> both teams barely scored over 20 points. St. Mary's didn't score 20 points as a team in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Tyus Toss. First career double-double, by the way. Led all scores with 13. Led all scores with 13. That was good. I felt strongly this was going to be a really, really ugly, grinded-out type game. 51-50. Of course, that went St. Mary's way in Las Vegas. I was like, that's going to be that type of game. And it was. It BYU was. scored 52-1, and holding St. Mary's to 43. So I get the first point there. First yeah. to 50 wins. Number two, Hussini Traore will have a double-double. Oh! I wanted so badly for him to get fouled late and make one more free throw. 
He was one point shy of a double-double. He had nine points and 13 rebounds. And a three for four from the stripe. He cost me. It's okay, Foose. You were awesome, brother. By the way, Foose is deep blue next week. Can't wait. Can't wait. Star out of Molly. Okay, updated standings. I have Jeremy with 25 points on the season. I have 14. And the other guys have combined for five. Quick note. I don't know how many Muslim athletes BYU has had, but Foose is Muslim. I think that's cool. I've talked about, I think there's a place for everybody here at BYU. There's a place for a kid from Mali who's Muslim. He's incredible. He is so humble and approachable he's and awesome, kind man. and yep. fun and just, he's ah! like He's like what we wish we were, man. <laughs> Athletic be, and super. Be nice. like Foose. <laughs> if I could be like Foose. It's a New Year's resolution. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> be like Foose. Yeah. All right, our question of the day. After BYU's win against St. Mary's, I feel fill in the blank. How are you feeling at BYU Uniforms on Twitter with our elite voice of the day? Presented BYU Uniforms. Mountain Resort. BYU Uniforms. Uniforms. That's, that's fun. I didn't notice that. BYU thing. Uniforms yeah. says, ready to leave Randy Bennett in the dust and play in the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> Will BYU play St. Mary's after, like in non-con? I think I would like that occasionally. Yeah. I would like that. I don't know if I want BYU to play in Moraga, like, but, but maybe like a neutral site game. Yeah, never, never in Moraga again. <laughs> never love you, Alex Logan Jensen. Again. Never. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we're, uh, yeah, we're pointing our noises yes, up in the air, not I'll playing Logan in Moraga anymore. WCC. No, 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 no. Please don't ever think that. But we'll play at Gonzaga. What's up, Mark View? <laughs> oh well, there have been three wins there. One cost my hair. He man. probably doesn't want us to play in Gonzaga. Yeah, or at exactly. Uh, Gonzaga and Spokane. Okay. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. we got a million Jack Troxel, uh, who we featured on the show. He's a kid with brain cancer in, in Vancouver, Washington. Love Jack. Had a setback recently. I tweeted out a GoFundMe account if you're interested. The football transfer signees could have Houston in. McKaylin Coolahan and Jackson Clef got married. Power couple. Yeah, I wanted to be at the reception, but I had a gymnastics meet. And then rest in peace, Bob Saget passed away yesterday. Oh, America's Funniest Videos. So, home videos. Home videos. That's right. Yeah. Our thanks to today's guest, Houston Hamuli. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Hema Hamuli, the football player. Oh. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Day. Oh, you Go did Cougs. him dirty.